<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore! Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. Man, have I got a throwback episode for you. Follow me because we're going to go back to 2007 at the very dawn of Stupid Cancer when it was called the I'm Too Young for This Cancer Foundation and maybe had a little more hair on my head, but I was probably just as chubby, which is fine. Dad bod, no kids. And here I am in my second bedroom trying to start a nonprofit organization for the Young Adult Cancer Movement, which didn't even exist at the time. And someone throws me a bone, says, you can have a talk show on the internet that streams and does things and what's the internet, whatever. Hi, Friendster. And lo and behold, some weird, crazy things happened that got me on television, playing myself in a scene that I wrote for Lifetime. Long story, I'll put a link to that, uh, that weird video in the episode notes. But a young woman with cancer, randomly in the middle of nowhere, I didn't know her, she didn't know me, saw this episode of me playing myself in a scene with cancer patients at a bar talking about being young with cancer. She's like, I need to know what the hell this is. Her name was Leah Shearer, and she just emailed me out of the blue and said, oh my God, I cannot believe I did not know there were other people like me. And this was, again, 07. They really weren't support groups and institutionalized you know, processes or whatever therapy sessions. Nothing was there. So Leah Shear is my guest today. And this is just an – she's such a, a, an amazing human being that I've known forever. One of those friends where, like, if you don't talk for six months or six years, you just pick up where you left off. She is married now. She's happy. She's a professor at, at a university. And she's here in studio, and I haven't seen her in a long time, and you're just going to love our conversation. It's retro, it's throwback, it's Gen X, it's origin story, it's history series, but it's about how the sausage really got made and the very, very origins of what stupid cancer meant and stood for and how it built a movement of everyone that just wanted to make cancer suck less for everyone else. Enjoy the show. Leah Shear, it's 2008. Welcome to the st- Stupid Cancer Show. No. <laughs> Welcome to Out of Patience, the new Stupid Cancer Show. <laughs> oh my gosh, am, am I on Park Ave in Rochester? I don't know, Same. listeners. I just broke her. She can't concentrate anymore. I can't. I'm I'm having flashbacks. I meant what I said in the intro, uh, folks, that this is a true, genuine, authentic before times. We talk about the pandemic before times. <laughs> this is the before the before times. This is when we were still using AOL and there were some blockbusters left in the country. And I had this stupid idea 
to get into nonprofit work. And lo and behold, it worked because I had the chance to be introduced to this extraordinary, <laughs> I'll still call you a young woman because you're always going to be Leah Shearer, like 23 years old. Yeah, absolutely. Except I wasn't 23. I was in my 30s at no. that point. Well, you oh. look good. Yeah. Wait, no, no, wait. <laughs> Was I? Yeah, I was 30, 31, 32 at that point. So How old was that? I was 05. I was I was 31. It was 07 because I was here, 33. Our, so at that point, uh we were in 07. We were in writers strike. Oh wow, remember those days. Uh-huh. Oh, and and now Timely here we because, are again. Yeah, we're recording this at the exact time of the SAG after psych. Uh, at the SAG after strike, yeah, yeah words. writers and actors yes. now. So it, at that time, um, I was watching a lot of television, and I was just kind of trying to get myself back from a second bout with cancer. And lo and behold, I ended up watching a TV show that I became a super fan of, which was Side Order of Life. So let's backtrack that. You were you've been you've been kind of screwed up since your teenage years, though. Yeah, this, yeah. The fuckery started like in high school. <laughs> it did. It did. So um, to make a long, long story short, so I was chronically ill starting in my teens. That continued on into, into my twenties. And lo and behold, when I was 26 years old, I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. But it was at that time of diagnosis, it was literally like, what? I mean, were you relieved? You had crazy symptoms? Like, finally, it's something? A funny thing you say that, because I was befuddled. That is the SAT word of the day. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll throw them out there for oh, you. Oh, let's pay tribute to Paul Rubens, who died yesterday as of this yes. recording. You know, and like when they say the magic word on Pee Wee Herman, all the, all the streamers come down and the chair goes crazy. I know. Well, the magic, I was just reading a post, the magic word is love. Because ah. that was, you know, like, that was, uh, I think that was Jack A. Harry that um, had that post, the magic word is love. But yeah, I... Pee-wee? I'm, I'm a morning person. I'm like Pee-wee. My, my husband jokes with me. He's like, ha-ha. Yeah, I can't do the voice, but my <laughs> husband. Exactly. <laughs> but um, yeah, lo and behold, that was um, not a, a relief for me. It was, it was for, um, in a weird way, my dad, as I was waking up from a, a 10-hour surgery that was supposed to be four. Um, for the thyroid cancer. For the thyroid cancer. They got in there. and 10 hours? I don't even think it, I, I, don't, I don't know about it. Was, it was of all it, the things I know about you, I didn't know this. We part. could double check that with my parents or with with my mom. My dad passed away um, this fall, but you know, it, it was it was waking up. It might have been, but it, it was longer. I know that much. You know those those details. You always have to fact check with yeah. your parents who weren't under severe you know forms of drugs and all <laughs> those things. But as I was um, coming to, I just remember first my sister's face as I was being wheeled in, and then my dad. And my dad was crying, and he said, they finally figured out what it, what it is after all these years. And I couldn't speak because they had um, – the cancer was in my vocal cords, so I had no voice. Mm. And there was some talk, um, and my parents – kind of knew this from the surgeon that, you know, whether my voice would return at all or what state it would be in. But 
just be grateful for this, you know, because it's a, a survivable cancer. So, you and know, yet you had medieval surgery. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, my um, my scar is curved from ear to ear. Um, and the only other, you know, I've only met a few other people that have the kind of extensive scar that I have. Because, You're not the little zipper. Exactly. I'm not the little zipper. And that's what I was expecting. I went in thinking I was mm-hmm. going to get the little zipper. And so I had to kind of form that, okay, what do I do now? I look like Frankenstein. And it was just, it was like a tidal wave hit me. And Well, you're in high school, right? No, no, no. You were in this college this was at no past college. This was twenty six. So you were kind of a grown up ish thing. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. And I, I you know, I had been dealing with chronic illness and trying to work career around that chronic illness and figuring out what that meant. And here I am. Oh, by the way, you have cancer and you might have had it for a decade. It's just slow growing. And that's why you had all these symptoms. And that's why, you know, you know, maybe. And of course, he said that the surgeon said that fresh from surgery. But then it was like, well, we don't know these things. We can't be sure. So, you know, in the secondary appointment, a little backtracking. But when they're fresh, fresh from surgery, I learned that that's when you, you get the real kind of unfiltered story yeah. mm-hmm. so but that's well you know that i was diagnosed with brain cancer and given robitussin before yes, i was I actually do. diagnosed do you have a robitussin story uh you know i probably have many of them but i think they're all a blur i think all that came into focus at that point was like just a blur of a lot of like missing out on on stuff missing out on teenage years losing all my friends having an experience that you know, had to to kind of be meandered through. And no no Twitter, the doom scroll. Yeah, no. You know, the internet was in its, its you know, when you talk infancy, like, you know, in my Friendster, teen years. AOL no, chat groups. No, like a DOS version with green, like lit up letters that my, <laughs> you know, and my dad introduced me to my first chat room. and I But I was talking to like, People who had CB radios and they're like, "Oh, this is cool!" So I couldn't breaker breaker one nine thyroid yeah, cancer. Right, right. So I I couldn't find you know um, that was in my teen years and didn't know about the thyroid cancer then. But flash forward, here I am in two thousand six. Uh, 2004, when I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. Fast forward, we're really fast forwarding through this to 2007 after I had been di- diagnosed with a second cancer. Well, your body said one wasn't enough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm. I'm definitely. Um, I'm. I'm. In, I'm in it to win it. <laughs> you know. I'm just like. Oh, yeah. So by the time I had the uh, second cancer, I didn't know. Someone, it was bad enough to have one. I didn't know someone who had survived two or hear about them. So I thought, this let alone is being it. in their like 20s, early 30s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I had just got back on, on, you know, the dating scene. I was trying to, you know, have a match.com profile and, and right. be a person again. And so Hodgkin's lymphoma came into my life. And therein from that, I, you know, I was just really just lost and i saw this show 
called Side Let, Order. Let's of take Life. a break and, okay. and talk about the show yeah. because I don't know if the listeners know this. I mean, okay. I've told this before. It's, yeah. You can Google this forever. Right. But so I'm too young for this. Cancer Foundation was the origin of stupid cancer. And it officially launched in January of 07. And it started with just a website of resources and buttons that said, I'm angry, I'm broke, I can't have kids, I need a lawyer. It was just like, you know, go fuck, fuck me. I could have called it fuck me, but I wouldn't get funding for it. And I think it was in that spring that I started the radio show because someone like handed to me this, hey, what's this internet streaming talking thing? Yeah. Right? Oh, it's like, uh, you know, like AM talk radio, but on the internet. Well, what's the internet? Yeah. So I started this thing in, uh, I think it was May, late May 28th, like May 27th in 07. And I don't know how this happened, but within two weeks, I got a call from the producers of HBO's Warm Springs. And they had heard the show somehow, and they were in the process of leaving HBO to start a TV show on Lifetime called Side Order of Life and... Margaret Nagel. That was her name? Oh, yeah, you are... Margaret, Margaret I'll Nagel. I'll never forget Ma Margaret Tribute Nagel. to Margaret Nagel. So they were writing a scene... It was, I, all right, it was like Ally McBeal, but in like an ad agency, if I'm remembering yes. that correctly. And they wanted one of the characters to have brain cancer. Because that's always the go-to yep. cancer on television. You know, Hodges' lymphoma isn't really sexy on television. <laughs> so I, it was like in between when the show launched and they called me, we had our first like Washington, D.C. meetup at a bar. And again, I, I don't know if there were – no one took pictures. I don't know how this – No one took this, pictures? Who had cameras in 2007? <laughs> True. Like, Somebody I, had a digital camera somewhere. Maybe they had like the <laughs> cameras with the flash cubes. I have no idea. Somehow, Margaret Nagel and her team saw photos of the Washington, D.C. happy hour yeah. with all these young adult cancer survivors at the very origins of I'm Too Young for This. And they called me. I don't know how they got that in my number. I have no idea how this happened. I keep saying those, those words over and over again. And said, we would like you to come in as a script advisor and help us write a scene for Vivi, I think was the character's name on the show. Vivi. And make Absolutely. sure that she goes to a support group that looks like the one you had in Washington. Deanna Maria Riva. All right. You can stay. Fantastic. Your brain. My God. <laughs> So, so long story short, I, I wrote the scene for them. They decided that I should fly out to Pasadena for a shoot at some bar. I played myself in the scene, and then the, the episode launched on Lifetime, and they had like millions of people watching Lifetime back then, and you somehow saw that episode with me in it. Not only did I see that episode, I'm going to get teary-eyed, I'm, I'm genuinely. I was, I was on my couch a lot of the time. And I had a series of roommates. At some points, I was, you know, back to my mom's house because I couldn't, you know, I had no, you know, I had, didn't have my energy back. I didn't have my, my zing back. And I saw that episode and I cried like a baby because it was what I wanted to see. And I had gone around town looking for what I wanted. I wanted it to just be there, you know, just for me, ready-made, kind of help me. 
you know, sit in a circle and cry and whatever, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes. But the people sitting in the circle and crying about their cancer, crying about different things. They were crying about, oh, I, I can't, I can't go to my, you know, retirement vacation home. Different and people with different issues. Different people with different issues, different age. And I saw that episode and it just turned on a light bulb like, damn, that that has to be something that that can be possible. And then I found the website. I went to the website and, you know, just at all of that symmetry of, of, of things happening. I emailed you, I think. I don't know. You, I hear you keep an archive of emails. There might be a first email if you really I keep I probably have my old Microsoft Outlook archive. All right. Buried well, in some hard drive somewhere. Buried in some hard drive is this, you know, at, the, at that point, I think I was, I can't remember. I was like, I had just turned 30 at that point. Um, Did you have like a Hotmail account or something? I, I had an AOL. So oh, okay. look for AOL. Okay. Because it was. I, um, I'll try to speed on. Yeah. I may have even not had dial. I may have even had dial up at that point. Right. Who knows how bad it was. You know, mm-hmm. I was like scrimping together three, you know, two other roommates. And I, I emailed you and then you called me, I think. I'm pretty sure. Probably on my, my Palm Treo. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. But, you know, as I was saying, like, I, I said to you, I was looking in your website and I've never seen all these things that you put together on it that are out there for us. Because I had gone to a social worker who basically didn't have any of these things for me. And, you know, was sending me to groups that didn't fit. And, you know, there were resources, but they weren't fit or sized to my experience. And I didn't know there was anybody else there out there in my community. Didn't know. And, and all it took was happening upon an episode on Lifetime that I happened to I'll star in as myself that I wrote for myself. That's all it took. And, you know, it it's just bizarre. It is bizarre. It, you know, and our well, that's the point of this episode is like all of this is irreplicable. This it could is. never happen again in it time. Could never happen again because I think people, you know, are are distracted by other things. Who knows? And, right. You know, but it just you told me. At that point, because I was just, I was very passive and kind of hanging out on the couch, just frustrated with life. And you're the one that said, well, why don't you start something? And that was like epiphany. And the rest was history. And the rest was history. And we're going to take a quick break. Maybe a Wegmans ad, because you're from Rochester. (laughs) Might be a Wegmans ad. I can't tell yet. But all right, we'll be right back. All right. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. I want to spend the next half of the show talking about not just nostalgia for Gen X sake, but as a fan of history, understanding that maybe today we have better problems to have, but back in the 2000s, there was nothing. Yeah. And we had to build it from scratch. And if we didn't do it, no one would. And I, again, I'm, I'm agog at your memory. Because you remember, I am too. It's coming back to me, Matthew. I I didn't have all this, and I'm sitting here (laughs) looking at you. I'm like, I remember. (laughs) And I don't know if I came up to Rochester or or something. Yes, you did. I came up to Rochester. You did, but only when I worked my tailbone off to make a fantastical weekend that we created. It started with the stupid cancer happy hour. Right, right. Again, for the listeners, so I'm Too Young for This was the name of the nonprofit organization, but stupid cancer was the tagline. This yes. is before hashtags were a thing, or like the slogan. Remember Edit. slogans? Slogan. Yeah, it was the slogan for I'm Too Young for This. So everything was the stupid cancer show, yeah. the stupid cancer store, yeah. the stupid cancer happy hour, and you hosted a stupid cancer happy hour. And I had to convince a bar in my area that we could do this, that we could have a bunch of people together to do this. And and I found one that uh, that ho- hosted Wait, tell it. me you remember the name. Oh, God. I'm going to really oh push your synapses God. today. Okay. I, it's going to come to you at some point. Well, he, I tried first the doctors in in Rochester. And the, oh, that, that's not going to happen. No, it didn't happen. <laughs> they said no. So, oh, my God, it's going to kill me. The Otter Lodge. The, holy shit. Boom. My God. Chicka boom. Jesus Christ. The Maybe Otter we're not that old. And, and I'm still going to, they're still around. So props to the Otter Lodge in Rochester because they have a, a downstairs and an upstairs. That's right. And what they told me was they were willing to give me the downstairs cost free because we had to do it all with nothing. Nothing. And um, I said, I, I, I wanted, you know, see what we could do. I'm going to ask some people for some donations of raffle prizes and I'm, I'm just going to try to figure this out. And the the bartender 
ended up telling me that, that he was a cancer survivor. Yes. I rem- that I remember. Yes. But this and was the days when we were like, kind of still in the cancer closet. Oh, yeah. It wasn't yeah. really something you were like, I won't say proud of. Yeah. But you, 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 there was no platform. I mean, we kind of hate likes and shares as just yeah. as Gen Xers, but there really wasn't any way to feel comfortable telling people right. that you were in this or had gone through this. Except for that yellow bracelet. Well, Livestrong was... really did change culture. Yes. I don't think they got enough credit for doing that because Lance really tanked the brand. Right. But, again, like they threw the baby out with the bathwater because yeah. the nonprofit paved the way. Absolutely For me to way. rise from its ashes and build stupid cancer. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, those yellow bracelets were kind of a unifier. Yes. But it, usually it accompanied, you know, my my grandfather, or my aunt or, you know, and it wasn't, you know, if you were in your 20s or 30s, it was like, it's me. Right. You know, but we. You poor thing. Uh, yeah. But you oh, look no. great. You're so inspiring. <laughs> that, that, that one that one became almost like yeah. ubiquitous. Like, right. oh, really? I don't want to be inspiring anymore. I no. just want to live my life. Yeah. <laughs> I need to date somebody and get laid. <laughs> I've heard that so many times. Like, can I just please get laid? I, I don't want to be sick anymore. Like, but that's real. Yeah, that's, that's real. So real. That is so real. And no one was just coming out and saying that. Right. I mean, we remember when like sex and cancer was like this taboo conversation oh, yeah. and Dr. Sage Bolte, props to Sage Bolte, oh, was like the first sexologist in oncology. Yeah. And she to defined it, it, that we could talk about this. Absolutely. And, you know, it's it's funny because when we did that weekend, it really exploded. I already had kind of a base to start it from because I started going on Craigslist to find Holy people. Shit. That's how we found our first survivors. Craigslist. I'm, I'm so sketchy, Thank Matthew. Thank you, Craig. I know it was before all the all the like really weird yeah. stuff, but so wait, Craigslist. Yeah. Bravo. So what I did was I put a post out there. Because I was being told by everyone that there weren't a lot of young adult cancer survivors in Rochester. And I said, well, if you're not going to help me find them, I'll find another way. So I wrote a post on Craigslist and I said, hey, is anybody in their 20s or 30s with cancer? That's it. And I I heard from a couple people and those same five friends are, are – I am still – I can still text them today. It's the club – you never wanted to join, but literally, once you're there, you're family. Absolutely. Absolutely. So they helped me get that uh, happy hour going. And from there, you and I met a couple others, partnered with the Leukemia Lymphoma Society. Well, that was when we brought like a, a small conference. Yes. At that movie theater, I think, right? Was it at the movie theater or was that the year after? Uh, that was a year after. Now I'm blanking. Now I'm starting to go. Really little... pushing your brain today. You are. Uh, so but you're right. Like, the, but I, I actually I do remember we I brought up like the stupidcancer.com white t-shirts. Yes, and we all wore these white t-shirts. We there did. was a photo somewhere in existence that you might have still. Oh, there's tons. I just like have to go back. Twelve of us wearing stupid cancer, and the words were stupid cancer. The word dot and the word com. Yeah, because back then no one knew what a dot right. and a com was. Yeah, so you had to like. Well, we put, knew. I mean, <laughs> but no one knew it was a domain. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, we put together uh, 
basically like a weekend, right? We you did. know, mm-hmm. and uh, we had workshops. Uh, I think Jill is it Jill Larson? Julie Larson. Julie Larson. Thank you. Another shout out name. Yeah. Yeah, another shout out name. She did a. Um, she was like the official young adult cancer psychotherapist. Absolutely, she like the first was amazing, yeah. amazing. Well, we didn't call it mental health back then. It was just called like, please help me be unfucked. <laughs> was that official? <laughs> I mean, we you could technically go academic and say survivorship, right? But like, can I just please again? Can I just please get laid and get a job? Right, that was what <laughs> exactly. we wanted at twenty four years old. Yeah. So you know, it it just it turned my 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 life around from being kind of that not the victim mentality because I didn't really have it full in the victim men- mentality, but passively accepting what was out there to saying, how can I be involved in the movement and and we were finding all these people at the same time, right? Like it was, it was cool. Well, I, it's, I like to talk about how you give people what they never knew they needed. Yeah. But I didn't know that what, I didn't know that that's what I was doing back then. I that's mean, what you were doing. It was kind of like, this is what I wished I had in the eighties or the nineties or whatever yeah. it was. And like, if this is something that can help someone else, but like you said, like there was no like search engine. Was yeah. Google even barely a thing back then? We're using like, oh, like yeah. Ask Jeeves or <laughs> I think Google's there back then. Web crawler or something <laughs> spider. I have no idea. Right. Yeah. But you know, it it really it really evolved because you know some of the stuff we did. You know, the the happy hour and those were the healthy people who were past cancer. Mm-hmm. But you know, to really get into it, I, I think the defining moment was finding someone who was still living their life. And not going to make it and did, knew it. Did you know that the line, one of the lines I wrote for the side order of life scene was because I got a little shit from some of the DC folks that you shouldn't have a cancer meet up at a bar because hashtag, you know, or slogan. Yeah. <laughs> not okay. But my line in the TV show was that it's a stupid cancer happy hour because everyone's happy. Yes. And they can go fuck themselves if they think we're we're, we're getting cancer <laughs> drinking with chemotherapy. I'm I'm gonna have to bleep you for my mom if she listens to this. Hi, mom. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Shear. <laughs> but eventually, you found a husband. I did. Who's an actor? I did. Yeah. And uh, you found love. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, and his he's Noonan, but you'll always be Leah Shear. Ah, uh, yeah. Well, I'm Leah Noonan now to yes. mo- most people, but it, it's cool to hear that again because. I mean, I just love the throwback conversations. I'm going to try to reach out to some other people and see if they want to yeah, do like an I I2Y throwback should. series. Oh my gosh, you should because because we're all doing cool things and we're all still here. I mean, I mean, we've lost a lot of people that yeah. we love, which is unfortunately par for the course, but. Yeah. Most of us are still here and doing really, really well. Yeah, and I think I think there's there's some some really cool memories about experiences that we never dreamed possible in in the swirl of what was going on. Well, it's the relevance of the history. Yeah, you know, I I, I do a lot of work today in in diversity, equity, inclusion, and yeah. back then we didn't ignore. The fact that we were mostly all Caucasian. I mean, we had a lot of people coming in. There was diversity, yeah. but there wasn't like an intentionally focused effort because it, 
progress is an ebb tide. You yeah. have to get to this point right. and then the ocean clears out and you see what you missed. Right. Like we didn't talk about gender back then. We, yeah. It was, I mean, it was mostly women anyway. Right. <laughs> it was like, you know, me and Kenny and maybe, you know, we, we could loosely mention Jack and some other people were the men. Right. But, you know, just getting through the hurdles of not dying and being treated like a 20-year-old and an 80-year-old. Yeah. You know, I've said this before on the show. You 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 know this. The words, the very words, young adult cancer, mm-hmm. were never put together before. Those three words in order for research and advocacy right. and best practices and standards of care. And what did we say? We said, you know, not better or worse, just different. And here's yeah. why. Yeah. Right? Right. And, and that's what you found and you built. Well, it's interesting that you talk about uh, diversity um, and inclusion. And and sometimes inclusivity has to hit you on the head. Mm-hmm. And that's what the way it happened for me, because as I was working with you uh, to build a, a cancer community. I2Y all, Rochester. I2Y Rochester. And then it became I2Y upstate New York. That's I think right. that's on my, on my right, card. Of course, uh, I think Buffalo and uh, Syracuse got jealous. Yeah, yeah. And we, we wanted to kind of, you know, like... Well, you're in the middle. So that makes yeah. It, yeah, everyone has to come east and west. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, it hit me on the head when I I saw this story about a guy who was running marathons with limp liver cancer, not after liver cancer, with it. And I said, I have to reach out to this guy. And I searched for him. I found his best friend. He emailed me back. And the next thing you know, I'm in the hospital with the two of them. And he's he's like, I want to go camping. Can we go camping? This guy was so sick. And, you know, he, he, you know, at that point knew it was going to be an uphill battle. His name was Zachary DeRitter. And I remember he, him well. Tall, yeah. tall guy. Tall, Very tall. Tall, incredibly fit kid, a Mormon, who was on his... Um, What's now? I'm now I'm having drawing a blank. You you go on your mission. Yes, he had returned from his mission and been diagnosed with cancer. So after the mission, that's when things are supposed to pick up, and his life just dropped out from right. under him. I, I met him once, thanks to you. Yeah, and yeah, again in the in the in the uh, the chaos of life. Yeah, regrettably, we lost him. Yeah, I've got a picture just for yeah. those who can't yeah. see. Yeah, on the radio here in the studio, there's a picture of Zach DeRitter. Looking like Lance Armstrong, very, very handsome man. Um, but very thin. He's gone. Well, he was emaciated by that yeah, point. And, uh, and it was it was very Determined. sad to lose him. I, yeah. Well, I mean, this kind of goes back to, I mean, like, be your own advocate. Fuck that. Like, how do you just snap yeah. into action? Yeah. And yet he was predetermined. And not everyone has that gumption out of the gate. Yeah. But he was exemplar of what it meant to just kind of lean in and own what was happening to you at any Absolutely. cost, but give back to the community as you can. Absolutely. He, his heart and soul was, was just like, I want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. And so I was, I was concerned because he was the only one that was dying and everybody else was past that, that cancer, but, but trying to rebuild his was still 
active. Well, this created back in the day, we called it what, like survivor guilt? Yeah. Like, why am I still here? Yeah. And why is he still sick? Right. But what happened around that community was magical. And we, when we had a bowling night, uh, he had been in a coma and he had lost some, some, you know, dexterity and things like that. And I'll never forget, he leaned over. I'm sorry, I'm going to cry. Uh, he leaned over and realized that, he, you know, people in the group realized he couldn't tie his shoes. And just everybody folded around. He had rides. He lived about 45 minutes away from where He always had a ride um, back and forth to whatever location we had. And the only times he didn't attend one of our events was because he was in the hospital. All right, let's take a second break, okay. which I rarely do, but yeah. this is really important. Yeah. And again, it just goes back to giving people a perspective yeah. on what it – I hate the word literally what, – what it took from like bare knuckles to prove that we were worthy of being taken seriously yes. as an entire generation. So Absolutely. maybe another ad from Wegmans. We'll be right back. <laughs> Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. So let's okay. do a bit of a like a coda. Okay. And I mean, we could talk for hours. And like I said, I, I you've inspired me to go back to the well in the the old days. Okay. Without claiming we're officially old, although Gen X is turning fifty this year, which oh, is astonishingly gosh. terrifying. I mean, at least I'm turning fifty this year. So you are Gen X. I, <laughs> I was born in seventy four, which, according to all the all the generation charts, is the is the median of the bell curve of Gen X. Okay. So I'm going to own that. All right. So you've inspired me to go back down the well to the to the again the before the before times and, and get some of the old guard here on the show to give that perspective. It's yeah. so important today to realize that, and I said this at the top of the show: better problems to have. We had like four drugs back then. Now there's four thousand drugs back then. It creates different problems to have. Yeah, young adult cancer is now a standard. Most cancer centers know you're not eight or 80 and you go through the proverbial that door and yeah. not this door. Fertility advocacy is now a real thing right. now. What would be your sentiment towards the Gen Zers who are the new AYAs who are living on social media that I just don't understand because I'm 50 or I'll be 50 shortly? What What's your take on what they could hear today from 
from from geezers like us from the, oh my gosh, the bare origins of just we deserve to exist. Step outside. Don't live on, you know, the tool the tools that we had made things possible, but we were still getting out in the community and there was so much grassroots and there was connecting with people. And I think that's, that's what we need to always do. Look face to face and gosh, this pandemic, you know, that, that, that robbed us of, of that time too. But we we were all used to being bored and isolated for (laughs) us, right? Like the pandemic, we we got this, you know, but uh, yeah, I I, th- I think that's what it's about is is looking around at what others need, and to be honest with you, I I went to that social worker who told me that, that she didn't know of anything for young adults, and I photocopied your website with all the resources and links, and I I said please give this to other patients that come along that are my age. And I saw her throw it in a file drawer oh, and Jesus. it was heartbreaking. Yeah. But that has changed. That changed in that time that we were in. Um, so, you know, you don't necessarily become a leader or an advocate. You know, you don't wake up saying you want to be one. Sometimes it hits you on the head. And when I saw Zach, that really was my motivator and my inspiration to kind of keep going. Because I could have folded and said, you know, oh, I'm back to living my life. I don't, you know, I'm I'm tired. I got to go back to work and, you know, do this. His, His thirst for coming out of that place of isolation was reason enough for me to kind of not only do it and do the work, but like just to kind of look at what other people needed too, not just my own needs. You have to look, you know, all around you. Well, this has been one of, I hope, many throwback episodes (laughs) to the, I'm just going to keep saying the before the before times. (laughs) Yeah, and I know a lot of my listeners come from that time. They were fans of the Stupid yeah. Cancer Show, and it's it's wonderful that they're listening to this episode yeah. and this series as well. I guess closing would you closing thoughts would would you agree or, or your thoughts on? Not everyone is an advocate, but there are resources out there. But in right. terms of finding your community, is still as important as ever. But on your terms means. You have options now that we didn't have before. There are plenty of TikTok cancer advocates and plenty of uh, Reddit forums and Discord forums that exist now. But you're right. Get outside. See real people. But fold in the 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 other parts of life, right? (laughs) All right. We're back at it. Finishing sentences. Fold in the other parts of life. Because you can't live in in some kind of like echo chamber of of your own stuff. And pay it forward. And pay it forward. Make it suck less for the next you. Remember that? That was the original tag. Yes. Like, like we're here yes. to make cancer suck less for the next you. And and we did. And you know, like and and people are continuing that work and, and you know, hopefully it'll continue to get better. But, you know, here's the thing. I, I work in nonprofit now and I I, I develop skills. 
while I was doing that, you know, it was kind of like an internship in a weird sort of way, you know, like I, I skill developed to, toward the, the professions and the, um, the career that I have now. And, you know, that's what life is experience and, and kindness and, and, and hard knocks and hard knocks sometimes. Leah Shear, Leah Noonan, Leah Shear. Leah Noonan now. <laughs> I'm thrilled to physically see you in person, let alone have you on the show and provide my audience, you, the listeners, you people, with <laughs> another reminder that progress is a slow bend toward justice and we have better problems to have today. So thank you. Thank you for everything. And thank you. Out of Patience with Matthew Zachary is an Offscript Health production. The executive producers are Matthew Zachary and Andrew McDowell. It's mixed and edited by Kyle Moore. If you like the show, ratings and reviews are always welcome. Leave us a message anytime at 855-AUDIO-66. That's 855-AUDIO-66 to share your healthcare shitness with us. And we might just play them on the air on a future episode. For more information about this show and Offscript Health, visit offscript.com. That's offscript, no T, dot com.